try this again. Hopefully everybody can hear us now because I've actually turned on um, our audio. This is very awkward. Oh, anyway. Oh, we're going to have words with the <laughs> IT manager. Yeah, the IT manager is definitely me. So this is awkward. Um, so anyway, anyway, so um, once you decide on your project, what is your first step to tackling it? Uh, weird enough, usually pop in a couple of Motrin and some Tylenol. Because you're preparing for the fact that it's going to be horrible? Uh, you... No, because weirdly, once I have made the decision to do a project, I unconsciously start summoning information and data and previous experience and it hits my brain like a data dump all in one go. Like what it's gonna look like, what it would be like if it was real, how it would walk, where it would walk, what it would sound like when it was walking, um, what it would be made out of if it was real. I start planning the process of what materials I'll need, materials, this, all of that kind of comes at once. So you just get like slammed with information. Yeah, it just, like my brain just summons it all automatically. Um, that's when I know that I'm truly interested in a project. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't happen, it's just me speculating. Um, if I really want to do something, yeah, my subconscious hits me with everything at once. Gotcha. Um, and then it's a case of sitting down and kind of slowing and sifting through all of the stuff to try and create some sort of order out of it. Because all of that just gives me this incredible urge to go. To yeah. Start. Yeah, which is where I usually have to come in and slow you right down. Yeah. Um, so this kind of goes into one of the mantras that we have that there's three types of people in the world. You have your be perfect, yeah. where I'm going to F this up all by myself alone. Be, or no, no, no. Let's be I, strong. I, no, be strong is I will this up all by myself. That's me, yes. Be perfect, which is also, which is your main driver, is yes. I will never fucking finish because each piece has to be brilliant. That's true. And then I'm a be quick, which is look at how fast I fuck this up. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, that's right. So you're the you're the be quick because you just dive in to do stuff and you don't necessarily determine whether or not you have the right materials for it or if you have enough money to do it or if you have the time to do it or you even just... the capability to do it oh but i think that's what's actually made you really good at what you do because you're like no one has told you that you can't do it and you're in there at three o'clock in the morning figuring it out and i'm like you have not gotten permission yet to spend this money what are you doing yeah i'm just and i've already sort of like two-thirds of the way through building the base jump drill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's it, and it actually when it hits me it actually hurts and i actually get a headache fun mm. that's crazy yeah mine is completely different where i will sit there like once i decide on how i'm or that i'm going to do a cosplay one i go into full-on research mode so i immediately start looking for reference pictures um i save them all to a google drive so that i have them in one place um once I have enough reference pictures and I've literally sat down staring at the wall, thinking about it, which by the way, makes my process look very lazy because it doesn't look like I'm actually doing anything. But like the first couple of weeks, Fred will come out and be like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm working on my cosplay. He's like, I don't think you are. It's like, no, I'm going to sit here and my brain is going to think through all of the different processes. It's also why I don't get sleep for like the first two weeks before starting a project because I will wake up in the middle of the night 
and my subconscious is working on solutions to problems, which by the way, this is making cosplay not sound at all fun. <laughs> so, but I will, I will start building. Right. You make your, your mistakes. And part of your process, I think is also down to the cost of your materials. Okay. You are methodical and thorough and researching stuff so that once you have it, once you make the commitment, once you start yeah. cutting stuff, it's going to be right. There's going to be a minimal waste and you will not have to do it again. Not wasting $18 a yard fabric. Yeah, I think okay. that is a big difference. Most of the work that I do is textile based and most of the work that you do is phone based. I mean, and so I can make mistakes. I mean, hell, a lot of the time when I'm pulling ideas out of my ass and starting to throw stuff together, I will do a junk build, which yeah. is a partial build using cheaper foam, you know, stuff from Harbor Freight, mm -hmm. um, knowing full well that I am going to make mistakes and throw it away. Right. Um, I mean, the, the, the closest equivalent to that would be you making mock-ups in muslin. Muslin, yeah, muslin, which I 100% don't do. And I, like, as a seamstress who's been doing this for a really long time, I know I should. Like, I 100% know that I should, but I've also become super arrogant in that I think that all of my thought processes that go through my head and all of the sketches that I do and all of the thinking through stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to jump right into it, which has, um, <coughs> which has been flawed. Well, in that, the past. That, that should be strong poking through as well, isn't it? Which I will do it myself and I will get it done. And I, 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 I don't know. Maybe that's my tiniest little bit of be quick. Because making a mock-up takes just as long. In, I mean, in many cases, not just as long. But it takes a long time to do, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a waste of time. It's like, no, now that I've figured out how I'm going to do it, I'm just going to, to jump in and do it now. To be fair, part of my my planning process is that I pull out patterns and I play with patterns to make sure that they're actually going to accomplish what I need them to accomplish. But that all happens in the planning phase. So you can be pretty certain that once I have taken scissor to fabric, you're right over there. Because I'm nibbling my coffee. It's not good. Do I? <laughs> Anyway, as I was as I was saying, that uh, you're so gross sometimes. Anyway, let's go to the next question. Um, do you do anything different when you're planning a project? Um, if it's for yourself, for a commission, or for a competition? Because I will tell you, when I'm doing a commission, my planning process is five times longer than if I'm doing it for myself. Because I'm doing it for myself and I mess up, whatever. Like, that's that's me. But when I'm doing something for somebody else, I put so much time into um, interviews, talking with people, going over fabrics. I do tons of sketches. Thank God I now have an iPad where I can do, like, you know, sketches that layer over each other and I can play with colors. But for me, the planning process sometimes takes longer than the actual execution of the project because I don't want to mess it up if it's for someone else. Um, my actual process of creation doesn't change right. from 
whether it's for me or whether it's a commission or whether it's for a competition, the finish that I'm willing to accept vastly differs between something simple that I'm doing for me, something for a competition, and something that I'm going to do for a client, I would say are equal. Right. Um, because my, I suppose my mental mantra is, if I'm not prepared to wear it in a competition, I shouldn't be giving this to a client. Right. Um, so it has to be as good and absolutely 100% my best effort. Right. Um, but I think the the biggest difference in the process between doing something for, for a customer is the line of communication. Like you mm-hmm. said, I mean, communications become extraordinarily important because um, fear and arrogance can cause trouble between you and a potential client. They can be afraid to voice their opinion. Right. Because, you know, oh my God, it's Fred and Al and they've won many best in shows and their stuff is fantastic and amazing. Who am I to, to critique a paint job? Or a color choice. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, but no. But I, but I, but you don't have that problem because you're very strong will. Certain people, uh, <laughs> uh, I think fair. certain people, particularly some of the younger people yeah. in the past yeah. city stuff, just could be a little bit nervous about voicing their opinion. Right. Or they can voice their opinion too late. Yeah. Whereas I think like it's your responsibility if you're paying someone to do work for you, like you want to be as vocal as possible, as early as possible to let them know exactly what exactly. you want. But it also becomes your responsibility to poke people and mm-hmm. say, this, is it right? Are you sure? Right. Are you certain? Right. Because if I now go ahead and you come back to me and say, that's wrong, I need you to change it to this. Yeah. You just add it to the bill. You know, it's interesting uh, though, like even when I'm working on projects for myself, I have that internal conversation. It's like, is this exactly what I want? Like, I feel like even when I'm making it for myself, I am the customer to the creator and it makes me very schizophrenic. Um, we did have a, a comment about asking 70,000 questions just pertaining to their measurements. And I have to tell you that is 100% correct oh. is there is a lot of time spent doing um, measurements, but I think that even applies like when we're doing our own work, yeah. like, right. It, yes, we're right here and we can try it on ourselves, but you know, it's very hard for me to make adjustments to myself. Yeah. Like I use a dress form that I like, you know, pat out to look exactly my size, but even still I'm like running around with measurements, like how far is it from my ear to my chin? And yeah, measuring is, is really, really important. I mean, as, I mean, interesting part of the, part of the process for, for, for whatever might not necessarily be, um, a bit further in, but we have a whole bunch of friends around here of all shapes, sizes, and builds. The amount of times that we have roped in our friends mm-hmm. as substitute dummies. Don't call our friends dummies. Our friends are amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, models. Models, they're sure. models. Um, but if their dimensions match, yeah. particularly if you're doing something for somebody that's on the other side of the country, yeah, yeah. Um, you can get it right. Right. You know, particularly if it's talking about something that's very form-fitting. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. Any tools, tips, or tricks that you use during the planning process? Because uh, my, my favorite one that, that I, I think that there's some people out there that have heard about, but maybe not, 
this time of year, it's important to keep this in mind. After the holidays, buy up as much gift wrap with a grid on the back as you can, because we use that for mock-up patterns. And I think I have a picture. I love the, the one I sent you with the rape card. Hold on, of, of Fred trying on, uh, he's using a gift wrap to lay out the wraith guard and then he puts himself on top of it which really made me chuckle because it's like honey i don't think this is really going to work but it actually did let me see if i can barely yeah, <laughs> yeah it was actually hilarious i'm like um so we're gonna go with with that that's gonna but this, work but that was part of the planning stage i mean i literally drew it 11 feet tall to scale from the figure and then led on top of it to see if I could actually fit it, if I could put articulations in the right place and still have it function. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and if it wasn't for the fact that I had made the arms too heavy, um, it would have been fully mobile. That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll, I'll drop it into the chat or something because it's, they're hilarious. They're like just all of this uh, gift wrap and he's just laying on the back of it. Um, but that's a really good trip, uh, tip for the planning process is you can play around and kind of like lay on it and draw yourself around it. I mean, or you can just draw yourself on there first as mm -hmm. like a shadow and you can then start sketching where the armor pieces would go in that kind yeah. of shape rather than taking each piece individually. You can just do rough sketches. Right. And that, uh, when you start doing that, it automatically starts giving you... Um, rough distances that certain pieces are going to be in terms of length or width mm -hmm. and you can start making calculations from that point onwards um the other one is if you're making something uh that a model exists for it already right. be it a a bust or a war games miniature um one of these comes in handy which is just a set of measuring calipers Yep. Hold on, I was able to do it. Oh, this is so much fun. Okay, so here is um, a picture of Fred's uh, drawing of the Wraith Guard, which is kind of crazy cool. But you can see um, that his body is kind of like laid out there in the middle. So anyway, that was fun. Yes, because I remember lying there, you actually drawing around me with a red marker. I do remember that. It was, I, the whole time I was like, hey, no offense, I don't know that this is going to work. And he, or like, it's 100% going to work. Here's another one. You can see him actually laying down on the gift wrap. <laughs> hey. I mean, in theory, it wasn't a bad idea. It was not a bad idea. Um, but it, I mean, you also, you managed to build an 11 and a half foot wraith guard that you were standing in. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty interesting, but yeah, I had to actually draw him on to the, the grid, but as I'm sorry, you were saying you had another tip sure. model model of an orc. This is the original big mech, um, figure it's a that, little. that I used, um, and it was relatively simple to, to, to use because I knew that from the top of their shoulders, their heads are always forward, they are eight feet tall. Right. Uh, conversion, conversion, version, 
so many thousands of millimeters in eight feet. I then took the caliper, measured it from the top to the bottom of the feet, made that another measurement. So that in small scale is eight feet. You divide one to the other in millimeters. That gives you your ratio. See kids, this is why math is important so that um, you can do really good cosplays later in life. But that then also meant that I could measure every other piece in millimeters, right. times it by the number from the ratio, and that gave me how big it needed to be in right. real life to cut it out and to move it across. And then it was just a case of creating each piece as I went mm -hmm. along. Because um, proportion is important. Yeah. For it to look right, you have to know what the proportions are. But this, but that's the same system will work with one of these as it will with yeah. a six-inch tall Batman or mm -hmm. a 12-inch tall Mech or whatever it is. Right. You could just use one of these to start making measurements. And it makes scaling up larger pieces of armor mm -hmm. a lot easier. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's a question for you. So um, are you afraid to make mistakes? And does that impact impact your planning process? No, mistakes are part of the process. Ugh. Um, it's where we're so different. <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't, I, if you don't make any mistakes, you have now come to the point where you have learned everything about that process. So the only errors that you're going to get are slight errors in manufacturing or you not paying attention when you're doing something. Or maybe you've just planned it so well and you've thought through all of the possible mistakes that you've already come up with a plan to overcome them because your planning process was so good. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, what about when you're incorporating new stuff, new things? You have to expect to fail. So I think there's an experimentation process, to be sure. Like I'll experiment with stuff. So embroidery, I'll use embroidery as my best example because you know I've started to do machine embroidery over the last few years, and I will sometimes will choose not to do embroidery because there are so many times that it can f up mm. in the process. Uh, now I've learned a little bit more, so I've gotten a little bit better about anticipating those disasters and mitigating them. But you know, that's one thing where, as much as I've practiced, but you're not mitigating them. You're either doing the ones that you know will work, or you're not doing them at all. Yeah, I'm doing the ones that I know will work because I've thought through and planned for them. And then it's a case of, well, well that might not work, so I won't. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Whereas I think you've got to go, okay, roll the dice. So I think I do that. I won't do, mm, that's an interesting one because I. I mean, admittedly, it is easier to rectify mistakes on my mediums than it is on yours. I think so too, because if I embroider on a piece of fabric that is going into the project and I don't have any backups, that's a big risk to take, right? Like, because mm -hmm. if the embroidery messes up, you can't necessarily pick out machine embroidery just because it kind of eats the fabric while you're doing it. Um, but yeah, so that's why a lot I do a lot of like testing and experimenting in advance and trying to determine as many fail points as possible. I really miss my calling. I definitely should have worked for NASA because I talk about sewing projects like I'm trying to put a shuttle into space. It's like, all but, right, uh, I don't think I've, it's going to meet the capacity. But I've seen 
what's in what people think the machine machine embroidery is just a case of oh set it up put it on and it goes no no, no it doesn't work like that at no all. it doesn't i mean it's 3d printing people think you just set it up send it the stl file and out they pop the movie oceans 8 <coughs> has done more to irritate 3d printers than anything else where they're like i don't know anything about 3d printing push button and then everything prints Here's out. Here's a replica like, of one of the most expensive pieces of jewelry in the world. That's not true, Sandra Bullock. That's not true. Um. Anyway. Yeah, sure. But I, I so I, I do, I personally consider making mistakes far more. And yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes the fear of making a mistake on an important project will kind of hold me back in doing something until I have opportunities to try it out and experiment in a safe space where as I've seen you jump into stuff and I'm like, Hey, when did you learn how to do liquid casting? He's like, I haven't, I'm figuring it out right now. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Wait, um, just, you just going to do it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some, sometimes you've just got it. You just have to go. Um, and that's why people make trial pack packs of things like Ubu and liquid plastic. So you can just have a go and see, see what works. You know, read the instructions, watch some YouTube videos. Fuck up. You'll learn more from your mistakes than you will from being supremely good and arrogant about everything. So yeah. I will tell you that one of my tips is to find somebody who is the opposite of you. If you are a be perfect, find a be quick. If you are a be strong, find a be perfect. Like find somebody else who can push you outside of your comfort zone. Because if, if it wasn't for Fred giving me deadlines and saying, you said you were going to have this done by this day, I would probably on occasion be paralyzed with perfection mm. and not do something. So if I can throw one tip out there, find somebody who will push you outside of your comfort zone, whatever that is, because my, I have to push him to Slow down. take a beat and stop and say, okay, is this the best way to do this? Or is it the only way you know to do this? No. Can we look at another option? Can we sleep on it and just think about it before you just barge through? Because I mean, I'll use the Wraith Guard as, you know, one that there was probably mistakes made yeah, because you just bludgeoned through the process. And I was like, stop adding weight. <laughs> yeah. Stop adding to it. That's Calm a lesson down. I should have learned with the orc. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it, I think it comes to the point where you need to have either somebody else that you can message to say, Hey, I'm working on this. Do you think this is a good idea? And be willing to listen to them when they say no, or be the own devil on your shoulder. Like just condition yourself. Like I have to do it to myself. If I'm looking at something and I'm like, I am definitely going to mess this up to just have the angel on my shoulder saying, so what? Just do it. Um, Just try it. Your your be strong comes in as well sometimes when I feel that you struggle with a process because you will not ask for help. Oh, I will not ask for help. <laughs> Even from people that you know are better qualified about something. And would be you. totally willing to talk with me about it. I like, mm -hmm. would love to have the conversation. I mean, I don't know many cosplayers that give them the opportunity to talk about the shit that they love to build. Most of the time, you know, you have a hard job shutting them up. Look at us. Um, We're so, here talking to probably, like, thank you for those that are listening to us right now. But yeah, we are talking about it for the sake of, I get that. I get that. I get that. But it's hard for me to overcome that. But on the other side of that is, 
yes, ask for help, but also learn how to ask for help. Yes. I, I get so irritated sometimes when I look at posts online where somebody will just go, I want to do this. Tell me how to do it. And I, that, I go, no. Yeah. No, you have made zero effort to do any research, any trial and error, or try to thin out the process where you're asking me about a very specific part. You just want me to solve the problem for you. Fuck off, you lazy twit. All right. You want to do some YouTube research, go online, maybe ask a few simple questions to people that you do know. Mm -hmm. And then when you've narrowed what you really have a problem down with, you go onto a forum and say, okay, here yeah. is my problem. I've tried this, yep. this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Those two didn't work. Those two came close, but I am still struggling. Please, what am I missing? I think that's a really, yeah. I would leap in to answer yeah. a question like that like that that I, I that's a really really great point <coughs> is it is completely okay to ask for help um but you know you do a little bit of of leg or like you know i have a friend that was like really google that shit like like there's certain things you can just look up on your own and and research and and figure out but there's going to be a point where there are experts out there that can help get you over the bump mm -hmm. like the bump that you've done your research you really can't find um or you found a way, but it doesn't seem like it may be the best way. Or maybe you're looking for second opinions to say, hey, I heard that this is one way that you can do this. Does anybody have any other suggestions? At least it shows that you've, you've tried to meet halfway. But I agree with you. I've seen some, it's like, um, I want to build the most complicated thing in the world I've ever built before, but I've never done this ever even one single time. And I don't have any tools. How do I get started? And I'm like, oh, um, watch 10,000 Google to YouTube videos. Like, Yows, that's a lot. Um, but yeah, I think, it, but I still do struggle to ask because then I like, I do the research and I can't think of a natural time to stop doing the research. I'll just keep churning through and churning through. And I've had you come in and be like, uh, why don't you just call blah, blah, blah and ask her for help. And I'm like, I don't want to bother them. And they're like, they'd be delighted to talk to you. I'm like, oh no, no, no. But I'm also the one sitting here. I would be delighted to tell anyone how I do my embroidery process. Like I will walk you through how to do it. But also my, in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, but I figured out how to do this from other people's YouTube videos as well. So like I can get you there, but probably, probably get there. Pra practical yeah. um, experimentation and failure. Well, and I mean, it is, you know, pain is the best teacher, but nobody likes his lessons. Apparently I love the lessons yeah. because I keep going to them on a constant basis. Um, but I also think it's fair to say that people have different learning styles too. Yeah. Like I am a researcher. I like to watch videos. I read a million books about things. That's how I learn. So and the I idea of asking somebody. I do not easy. learn like that at all. No, you're like a kinetic learner, right? I need to be stood by the side of somebody mm -hmm. with them demonstrating something um, or, or, or just having a go. Yeah. And when, oh, oh, that didn't work. Right. Um, and then just having another go and having another go. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I learned by failing over and over and over again until I get it right. And I mean, yeah. and you've gotten some extraordinarily, extraordinary things right. So it's working. But not at the beginning. Well, I mean, but that's fine, right? But that was it. That was yeah. the entire point. I mean, from the beginning where I started, my stuff was terrible. You know, it had 
blurry edges. Same. It wasn't cut properly. Mm-hmm. It fell apart the first time you worked it. Mm-hmm. It would crinkle and not like the, the paint wouldn't survive. Right. The clips would come off. But you learn as you're yeah. moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I think what was interesting about how you did it is that you would do something on your own. Like you try to tackle it and come up with some ways that didn't work and then not be afraid to reach out to somebody who you admire to say, oh my gosh, I saw that you did this thing. It is amazing. I'm trying to do something like it. Can you, can you, would you be willing to tell me how you do that? Which is how you have managed to improve exponentially over time. I mean, I I was fortunate that I made some very, very skilled friends very very early from, from when we started. Yeah. Some really, really amazing people out there who were kind enough to give their yeah. their their time to it. Like I I've been in the room when you were on the phone with with Terry, who was giving you some great advice from, from Long conversations to Australia yeah. at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, thank God for the internet. No <laughs> 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 more long distance charges. That would have been crazy. Um, and I know that Steve has been a wonderful, you know, mentor and offer right. advice. So there are extraordinary people out there willing to to give their their time. To, to help people grow and i mean that's that's what that's what we like to do mm. i just need to get better about asking if anyone would be willing to give me advice i'd love to take some just you know tell me it's okay because i'm also like one of those people like i don't want to bother you you're so busy so um anyway do you have any questions for me We've kind of gone forward with backwards and forwards and answered the questions that have been going along so. i don't think i had any other questions other than helpful tips and tricks for planning or tools i will tell you like if you don't have a Google account, get one because Google Drive is your friend where you can save photos and share them. That's where I put all of my reference photos into their own little files. That's something that's really worked for me. Um, another tip I wanted to throw out there for the planning process is when you're looking at um, a particular cosplay that has like a ton of layers, I sit down with a sketch pad and draw out the layers from the underwear out just so that I can figure out what pieces they are. So I have. Um, Kind of go through the mental process of, of figuring out what the pieces are. Um, I think what is kind of doing a planning process using Armorsmith. Armorsmith, I think, is a planning process. Um, Ar- Armorsmith is a, a great program. I mean, it's it's not expensive, um, and it allows you to put in the measurements of uh, to create a virtual avatar of either yourself or a client or whoever yep. you're building it for, um, and then you can import um different armor files and armor files are available in many different places um there are facebook groups that have hundreds of them available for free mm-hmm. um, or you might have friends who actually manage to get hold of some of them who are 3d modelers there are some clever buggers that can rip the files out of the games the, yeah. the, the 3d models and then they change something on them i don't know not my cup of tea <laughs> all i know is that if you import those into Armorsmith, it will automatically resize them to the avatar that you have in there. Yep. And then you can tweak them individually by changing dimensions to make sure that it fits properly. And then it creates the paper templates mm-hmm. for you to actually create a suit of armor. So uh, I mean, and if you're if if you're doing something that's fairly popular chances are that uh, you know there's an armor file for it out there somewhere or the weapons that yeah you can, you can actually create 
So um, there was a question. Do you have to be good at sketching? I would say no, you don't. And oh, here's, no, I don't do any sketching. Fred is not a great 2D artist. Um, he's better than the average bear, but that's only because he's been practicing over and over. I will give you a, a piece of advice. Um, I bought a sketchbook from a company called Fashionary. Um, if Actually, if you saw the, the picture on the front of our Facebook Live event, it was drawings from my little sketchbook, Fashionary. And it actually draws the human figure for you. And then you just kind of draw over it. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy that, but I will tell you, if you just go online and find a human body outline and print a whole bunch of them, that gives you the figure that you can then just kind of like put rudimentary drawings of what the pieces are. Because all you're really looking to do, or what I'm trying to do, is figure out what pieces I'm looking at. Because especially in video games, an artist will draw stuff on there and you're like, okay, I don't think some of those pieces actually connect. Like, I don't think that they make sense. So I just go through and say, okay, that little spot of blue right there. Oh, I think those are the pants. So I'm just going to draw the pants on there. Um, so no, you don't have to be good because it's not for you to show off to anybody. It's so that you can just figure out what your pieces are. Um, but I find it really helpful to be able to start with a, um, with the body form so that I don't have to do it myself. I have a question for you, yes. actually. Um, before there were iPads and Piction, whatever it is you're using, right? and you have the different layers that you create, mm -hmm. didn't people like use tracing paper to draw different bits of different layers on and they would lay them one on oh top of another? Oh my gosh, totally. It, wasn't that a thing? Yeah. So like, if you take what I, what he's talking about, and I'll see if I can kind of like show this to you. Um, I'm working with... Um, a client to make this fun little lady and what i did was add a whole bunch of layers starting with just the base pieces a little bit there and then i just started adding the pieces on on top of it now again this is this is not like I like to draw, so art is kind of my jam. So I'm not saying that you have to do this, but if you have an iPad, Procreate is $10 and you own it. And you can just kind of like draw with your fingers. Again, it's for you, it's not for anyone else. But to Fred's point, you can also print out a body form, put a piece of tracing paper on top of it, draw your first layer, put another piece of tracing paper on top of it, draw your next layer so that you can kind of lift them up and see. Yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah, it was like a piece of paper with like one set of tape to them here, yeah. one tape on this edge, and one, so there was four. Yeah. And they would go like, a dunk, 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 and they would actually build up so they could actually, right. you know, show, yeah. you know, like a poor man's non-digital version of Procreate. Dude, that's old school and it worked. Like that's what they did in architecture. It absolutely worked. Yeah, and just remind yourself that this is not outward facing. Like this is a planning document for you where you're just drawing remember a scene in the first iron man where tony was drawing the various parts on drawing paper aha you're absolutely correct yeah. that is what it was from same concept so if you just have tracing paper heck i use tissue paper sometimes because it's pretty pretty see-through it's for you to figure it out and i will also tell you side note i don't care how bad of a drawer you are if you drew for one hour every single day for 10 years, for one year, for six months, you will be better than you are today. Mm. Drawing is just practice. You may not be, you know, 
in museums, what, what does it you will it, improve. It, it's the whole 10,000 hours theory, mm-hmm. isn't it? If, if you, even if you're not good at something when you start, put in enough hours, you'll become proficient at it. Put in yeah. even more and eventually you'll become expert. Yeah. Um, there are natural inclinations towards it that will help, that will speed the process up. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Some people just have an eye and can start to become better very quickly. But I, I will tell you from experience, if you just draw a little bit, even if it's for every cosplay that you do, you just draw for your cosplay. If you do it every time in a year, you will see that you're going to be better. So on that note, um, we are going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as it's pretty clear, you can always reach out. We'd love to talk about this stuff. So yeah. um, uh, send us a message um, and we hope to see you next Saturday. Share your ideas with us of what you'd like to hear Not us Saturday. talk about. I'm sorry. Sunday. Today is Sunday. Sunday. We don't do Saturday. We do not do Saturday. We do Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time because we're in Florida. Uh, so everybody in Florida, stay safe because apparently there's a hurricane coming. Um, but in the meantime, send us your ideas and have a great night.